0: Welcome to dog Book Club. I am your host, Alexandra Shelley, also known as BB by many, and here on dog of course, you know the mission is to connect you all to books, thought leaders and avid readers alike. You know, it is so funny. I have to be honest with you guys. For a couple days, I was like resisting and kind of procrastinating on editing this episode and my other episodes and You know, it's funny, once I'm sitting here with my mic and my glasses and doing this, I truly am smiling ear to ear. I am beaming. I love recording and I love podcasting. It is so much fun. So I hope you guys honestly have as much fun as I do listening to this as I do recording this. So anyways, let's get started. This September leader is absolutely one of the most amazing people i've met in this lifetime he is a master at his craft and i think what is so beautiful about him is that you would never know that he is this world renowned practitioner you would never know that he is this best selling author and you would just never know that he is just a master at his craft because he is just so kind and so grounded he is absolutely amazing so His name is Dr. Stephen Farmer, and he is a world-renowned shamanic practitioner, a licensed psychotherapist and somatic therapist, an ordained minister, a musician. Oh my goodness. And he has sold several books that have gone on the best-selling list. He has created beautiful oracle card decks that have also done incredibly well, and he has also created... Several works of children, works if that I feel like I didn't say that right. And he has just done absolutely amazing, amazing work in his lifetime and in his field. And if you are in that spiritual realm of shamanic work, he is truly the real deal and he is very, very revered for his craft. So it's funny enough, Dr. Farber and I actually were connected by my medium and long story short to just make this so so quick I was actually his personal assistant for a hot second and then I was helping him with kind of random pieces of work and I you know helped him with writing because he knew I was a writer and then I actually ended up being his writer's assistant and I helped him write um, his upcoming oracle deck that will be launching I think next year so that was really really amazing and such a blessing to really work alongside him and uh, on this this beautiful gift that he gives everyone for spiritual healing and growth and expansion. So I hope you guys really, really enjoy this discussion with Dr. Farmer and I. And in this discussion, we really get into his experience as an author and how that experience really bled into his life and daily experience as I kind of went into with Marina and you know we go into his work and of course the books that really drove him and uh, the life experiences that really took him down the path that he is at now and he's just absolutely wonderful. He is seriously quite a gem. He drops such words of wisdom and Again, please let me know what you think about this episode. Please like, please share, please subscribe. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, neighbors, milkman. Those don't even exist. Maybe they do. But anyways. I hope you guys more than anything just have a blast sitting with me and have a blast sitting with my guests because this brings me so much joy, more than you'll ever know. So, anyways, let's get started with Dr. Farmer.
1: Can you can you hear me? Hello, Steve. Hi. Yes. Oh. Take those off. I can see you. Oh my gosh, yeah, I, so I tried a different you. setup. You know, the I'm uh, on. Yeah, I'm on my um, laptop.
0: Nice. What yeah. room are you in? Are you in your office still? Or you're just being yeah, yeah. away?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, the backdrop is. is going to be the books because we're talking about books. So I thought, okay, I'll set it up a little differently. Yeah.
0: That is uh, absolutely fantastic. Okay, I am going yeah, to... You look
1: great there. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> yes, I thought it would uh, be in the the beautiful corner of where we would be. Well, but Yeah, I would
1: day? love to. It's just, it's just I've got, you know, I've got a bunch of stuff. I'm going down my list this morning and then uh what was it at nine? Something was going on at nine, I forget. Yeah, something at nine, then a break, and then anyway, just catching up. You know, I finished a pro I'm just a, just about done with the project, a project of publication, so a new one. Yeah oh,
0: nice. Which know, is that like a new book or what?
1: There's actually one, two, at least three, possibly four, new publications. Uh November, the, uh, an oracle card deck messages from the ancestors is going to be available. Uh, it's on pre-sale right now, and then uh, <clears throat> this, this other publisher I've worked with it has a series of sticks books on various topics like angels, ancestors, animals. And what she's done is she did a great job of soliciting. I mean, we did, you know, for my part in the animals, uh, solicited stories. So these are stories about spirit animal stories, you know. So uh, there's ones about angel interventions. There's one about ancestors. There's one, I don't know, a couple others. And then, so that's due out in January, February, (laughs) thereabouts. And then in May next year is, this is the one I'm just about done with. Is messages from the spirits of nature. Oracle cards. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you know, cranking along. It's been a pretty intense three months here. Wow. Nice. You know, just focusing in on all this and then client You know, seeing a lot of clients and all, so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I breathe relief. I'm at a good like have a little downtime here coming up. <laughs> That's and then
0: important.
1: And then there's a pandemic and this um all the stuff with vaccinations and all that. I mean, just the whole thing. Is-
0: uh, it's just absolutely insane. It's like, we thought it would end and then it's up again. And <clears throat> it's absolutely yeah. wild.
1: It really is. Even
0: again, I, I missed you. Welcome. Um, it's <laughs> you. so nice to have you on Dog Eared. And uh, this project is such a it's definitely a not. I don't want to call it a passion project because it feels like it's small, but it just it's such a beautiful thing for me to start, and it's given me a lot of energy. So I'm so blessed to have you a part of it. No, oh, so, uh, thanks. Yeah. Yes. Glad to
1: support it. Support yes. it and support you. So. Yes. Happy oh, to do so.
0: Thank you. So, uh, I'll start off with the first question: Is there a book you're reading right now, and how did you come across it, and do you like
1: it? Yeah, in fact, it's right here. Uh, oh, fantastic. Uh, the Creative Pure oh,
0: nice.
1: by oh, Jacob Norby. I don't know if you can see it on the camera there. Yeah, I, I'm slowly going through it. Jacob's a, a buddy, a friend of mine. He's a brother. And uh, he has uh, a pretty close relationship with Julia Cameron, who's the art, the artist's way, the author of The Artist Way. And I'm a real believer in supporting creativity and any way possible, you know, there's so many different ways, and so that's really been his mission. Um, I would say for the last few years, uh, he's got a couple other books, one of which I love the title, Blessed Are the Weird. Yes, and then you've heard that it's gone around the internet, you know, this one paragraph, Blessed Are the Weird, the Misfits, Those Who Think Differently, mm-hmm. etc. And always, I always appreciated him. Um, I met him a few years back, and uh he's just a really good man and he's really on a mission, you know, to support Mm. um, our creative expression. And I certainly, and working with clients too, you know, often that comes up is, you know, something, you know, you've got a situation, a woman who was long story. I don't want to go into a long story, but um, well, let's just call it. She experienced a very uh, difficult transition because her siblings with her protesting, decided to move mom, you know, to an assisted living center. I love the dog.
0: Sorry, I know. No, no,
1: no apologies needed. (laughs) My guy's over there laying down and being quiet for a change. Uh, But anyway, she, um, so we talked about it. And one of the things I suggested to her, you know, various, I says, do something, you know, write poetry, um, dance, uh, Mm -hmm. paint, Mm -hmm. you know, sculpt, you know, something uh, just to get it out, do it right in your journal. So she's Mm -hmm. been writing poems about this experience and they're just exquisite. They're just really well done. And I'm not a poetry buff, you know, it's not like I look, seek out books about poetry, but her her poems spoke to me, you know, they were really Mm -hmm. heartfelt in this uh, very uh, sad situation that she was dealing with so anyway back to your question yeah the creative cure uh, I actually I'll share one one story about this I was reading through and he's got exercises in it and get this one one was called um, well it was the the section on dealing with boredom Mm. and welcoming boredom and he said here's an exercise for you for 30 minutes put away your phones your computers don't even read or just sit and do nothing. So uh, for you and for anybody who is listening to this, I dare you. I tried it. And I do say tried it uh, about a week ago after I read this. But I had um, I had my phone out there and I thought, well, I haven't talked to Jessica. She was away. Maybe I should give her a call. So I gave her a call. Now, is that called doing nothing? No, that's called doing something. He, so I, I've yet to... Uh, BB, I've yet to test that out fully, you know, so really just take 30 minutes and do nothing. Because I always want to, I'm Capricorn and a workaholic. I always want to be productive. Oh my gosh, know, like. yes. Anyway, no, it's so funny. My latest book. Yeah.
0: I love that. That's fantastic. So what is your earliest memory of reading?
1: Uh-huh. Well, I I think I read, you know, like children's books, I'm sure. I don't recall any specific ones I read as a child. But I think one of the most um, telling books that I read, and I I think I was, yeah, I was living in Iowa at the time, so I had to be like 11 years old, because we moved when I was 12, and it was, you know, before we moved. Mm -hmm. And somehow I came across this book called The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Mm. And I didn't know a whole lot about the war. My dad was in it, but he, excuse me, he wouldn't really talk much about it. And I just got real interested in it. And this book is like, yay thick, you know, it's probably if you set it on the side, you'd measure it's about two and a half inches thick. But it was a fascinating read. I was like, uh, it really exposed me to the depth of depravity, you know, Mm. that human beings can do to one another.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's just
1: one instance, but it was because it was about the war and the Third Reich, how it developed, and Hitler and the persecution of the Jews and the absolute um, horrific conditions of the concentration Mm -hmm. camps, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it was, for me, an 11-year-old Iowa boy you know, pretty well protected and in safe most of the time. It was like, wow, it really opened my eyes. And actually, I think sparked, <clears throat> sparked a bit of cynicism too mm. about the human condition that, that we can really do that to one another. It was, it was some ungodly number of pages. I don't even remember, Bibi, uh, but that was the first impactful experience, you know, one that obviously stayed in my memory yeah uh, as, a, as a child and um it'd be interesting to look up that book again although i don't really want to read it again it's like i got it <laughs> you know i got it
0: you're like I, if i yes. read that story once i don't need to read it again
1: <laughs> alice miller later was um uh, uh came up with a book alice miller a psychologist she called it that i read for your own good and this was Quite a few years ago, but it was quite a few years after I read The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. And for your own good, her premise was that, how did these horrors happen? Mm. You know, how did people turn against people in that circumstance? <clears throat> and basically, she pinned it to the childbearing practices <laughs> in Germany. That the father was the ultimate deferrer, The father was the ultimate authority. You Better darn well do you know, what he did or you'd be punished. So um, children were punished and apparently pretty severely, according to her research. So they learned to be obedient and you follow, you get my drift with that and how that, yeah. that really does explain a lot is that a, a prime priority was to be obedient to the father and the fatherland. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and uh, I thought it was an absolutely brilliant take on, understanding more how that could have happened i mean the other in the research for one of my books uh, be the adult children of abusive parents i was researching it about uh, childbearing practices and uh, particularly around baptism and initiations Mm -hmm. that take place like that and back when i can't remember what century 11th century or you know 10th century or something like that the german people would actually when a baby was born throw the baby into a pool of water. <laughs> and if they survived, they they were initiated. Scout, no. So that was my first book. And and then the follow-up, like I mentioned, Alice Miller's book. Great title, For Your Own Good.
0: Mm, what a great that's title. That's wonderful.
1: For the theme. Now,
0: have those, like, I guess, how do I explain this? Like, I remember, like, in... In senior year of college, my mom sent me a book and after I read it, I just had, I was kind of on this high where I was like, wow, I want to read a book that will give me that feeling again. Or not that you probably would be like, I want that feeling after reading that book. But like after reading that as a kid, you were like, wow, I'm, did it kind of impact the way you looked at books or the way you searched for books or the way you took in stories?
1: Well, I think the the bragging rights were that I read a book that was something like fifteen hundred pages. You know, that was <laughs> it was almost like that was the goal as much as the content. And so okay. I think it gave me a feeling of uh, you know I can do it. a uh, Feeling of mm-hmm. pride outside mm-hmm. again of the content that had its effect on me, but a feeling of pride that oh wow I you know I, I can I can read this and I can understand it. You know, eleven mm-hmm. years old it was yeah. You know, uh, I I say I was a little advanced for my age. I know that too. Yes. <laughs> and uh I have as you know BB I become I would call it a wordsmith myself. I love words. Yes. You do mm-hmm. too, you know. That's why you're doing what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is how magical words are and how they can take us to different dimensions, different places and and uh touch a deep part of our soul. Mhm. You know, I uh As I say that, I go, yeah, thank God for the written word. I remember this. I remember, you remember, I don't know if you've ever read Fahrenheit 451, Ray Bradbury. Mm. And that the books were all burned. But what happened is every person had to memorize one of the books. So they would gather together in sort of a tribal way. And then somebody would say, can you read, can you say another chapter of that book? And they would... Mm recite it you know based mm-hmm. on the fact that they had to memorize books and so I went wow no they can't do that
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> they
1: can't do that. they can't burn books mm-hmm. you know what a, a oh. massive censorship anyway
0: that is truly my antichrist
1: <laughs> understand. <laughs> <laughs> understand
0: oh my god I would I would just fall over oh my goodness well anyways so what is your favorite genre and does that kind of couple into your favorite author?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Favorite genre. I'm not sure. I I think I would have to confess to detective mystery stories, murder mysteries, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. And two authors that come to mind that I've tracked uh, these days, of course, you can hear the book as well as read it. So I've done a little of both with these authors, uh, Michael Connelly, who was an, uh, writes about Los Angeles a lot and that's mm. obviously close to home here mm-hmm. and is a really good writer in that genre, really good writer. Um, he, t- he tells a good story. And then there's a fellow out of Iowa, my home state when I was, uh, lived there until I was 12 years old. When we came to California, John Sanford, mm-hmm. uh, who again, he has, um, two characters and it's interesting. The authors that do that is they'll take a character and then, the character shows up in a sequence of books, and
0: in, mm, in the case fun. of
1: both of these authors, there was you, so you get familiar with these characters. Sanford had two different characters: uh, Lucas Davenport, which mm-hmm. I think he stole from the city Davenport, Iowa, but okay, that's his right to do so. <laughs> and then the other character is called Virgil Flowers, who's a completely different mm-hmm. character, but they're both in law enforcement. So I, I think it's just kind of a vicarious, like, wow, that would be kind of cool to be able to solve mysteries and crimes and things like that. So that's my favorite genre and two of my favorite authors that I've read, I think, just about everything they put out and and just enjoy it. It's an it's escapist. You know, it's mm-hmm. not a world that I live in.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Michael Connolly, I don't think he was a police officer, but he was a journalist who uh, he wrote you know, his journalism was around that sort of thing. So it was a natural gravitation to actually write novels uh about those kind of situations. And plus the I would say the icons of Los Angeles. You know, you could go read and go, Oh yeah, there's downtown LA and there's this and this and this. And I go, Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. I know where that is. So that's mm-hmm. kind of fun. hmm
0: Incredible. Well, How do you read in terms of habits that you have? You know, do you bend pages? Do you bookmark? Do you highlight? Do you organize them a certain way? Do you, you know, read based on your mood? So what are your reading habits? Well,
1: (laughs) big question, but there's a little tag right there. It's a little sticky note, you know, that I put where I (laughs) left off. Yeah. I I sometimes like to savor books, you know, like this one, it's nonfiction but I like to savor it because he does have some exercises and some really good points about creativity. So I like to step away from it and then just sort of allow it to process. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's one way. Yes. I bookmark, I will dog ear, (laughs) dog ear a a page. I don't mind doing that. Um, I like, uh, I like to balance nonfiction with fiction.
0: You
1: know, it used to be, and I, I'm not as, uh, stringent about this you know as I was for a period of time which if I read a fiction book then I'd have to have to balance it by reading some non-fiction book that Mm -hmm. you know that uh, that worked. I also like uh, BB, I like books that are inspirational Mm. you know something that touches a deeper part of the psyche or something like that. What comes Mm -hmm. to mind keeps popping up and I'll share that with you. I think on my uh, spiritual path my soul's path, my life path, however you want to say that, but my spiritual path, I came across a book um by Dan Millman.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: was one of those seminal books and it was called the way of the peaceful warrior. Mm. And they made a movie out of it with Nick Nolte. And I think the book was better, but that's just me. <laughs> um, and it was, a, uh, the story surrounded this uh, fella who was a champion g- gymnast, mm. Don, Dan Millman. You know, it was his story. <clears throat> he was a Olympic, um, he didn't, I don't think he went to the Olympics, but he was at that stature, you know, in terms of his uh, gymnastics. But he also write, wrote about it the, as part of the story is that he felt this restlessness. You know, he couldn't, tag, mm. hey, he didn't understand it. We might call it an anxiety today, but he felt this restless and He had trouble sleeping, even though he, you know, had all these accolades, you know, for being a, a gymnast, a champion gymnast. And then one day he wanders out just to get a soda or something like that and walks down to this gas station that was open. And there's this guy there <clears throat> that he calls in the book, he calls Socrates. The guy actually had a different name. He was a real person uh fictionalized for this story well i don't know how you describe that because it wasn't re- it wasn't totally fiction it was dan melman's story
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um the guy that he met soccer that he called sacred uh, he put the name socrates on later gave him uh talked to him a little bit and sort of did a psychic reading with him <laughs> you know and he's kind of blown away by this like what is what is this guy about you know he's sitting in the gas station at one a.m. in the morning you know an all night gas station. Mm-hmm. So he walks away from it, and as he is oh about uh, thirty yards or so away, <clears throat> he looks back and there's Socrates on top of the gas station, and he's going wow how did he do that? <clears throat> <clears throat> how did he do that? So that intrigued him enough to go back several times. And start listening to this, and so Socrates became a mentor,
0: mm.
1: and it goes on from there uh, into oh, there are parables in the sto- in, in, be- embedded in the story too that were very memorable. I read it twice. In fact, it was so impactful; it's one of those mm. books I've read twice. So I don't know if I answered your question, but that's some thoughts on.
0: No, I love know, I love where you part. went, and that that could lead into. Um... A couple other questions where I'm about to go, but I guess what were besides the way of the peaceful war, 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 war oh, warrior, what were the other books that really impacted your spiritual path? And then we can get into your kind of how you were called to be an author and write about um, your shared wisdom.
1: Yeah, that's. Um, <clears throat> I'll try to keep the answer relatively brief. Uh, that's a tough one. The one, the one that jumped up right away when you asked that about other inspirational books is is a fairly uh, contemporary book called "The Four Agreements" by Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm, and that's my I, my
0: mom sitting right next to me. That's her favorite book.
1: <laughs> hi, mom. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a uh, uh, principles to live by, and there's fours. You know the the four, and I'm a real believer mm. that that put something in three and four, people can remember it. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And uh, one that jumps out at me, I think it's the first one, is don't take anything personal. And and then he writes a little bit about what that really means. And I went, boy, that is so true. That guy that cut you off on the road, you have no idea, you know, what prompted that. Maybe his mother had just died. You just don't know or somebody, you just don't know. You no, know, but what we do is we take it personally, like, oh, this guy's out to get me or something like that. So I think it's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. There, there are definitely others. And um, give me a moment and I can, you know, tell you what those are. The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, um The Way of the Shaman. That would be mm-hmm. another one. In fact, it led me. i I'm, I. I have a license i am a psychotherapist i'm licensed yes. in california and my work eventually evolved into um, shamanism and incorporating that as part of what i offer in the way of healing and teaching that's my purpose on the earth is as a teacher and a healer i'm very mm-hmm. clear about that and the manifestation of how that gets expressed into the world has changed over the years you know i've been mm-hmm. at it long enough and one change was to uh, uh, when I was first introduced to shamanism in a two-day course, I went, this is it, I know it. I just knew it, you know, I knew it in my heart of hearts. Mm -hmm. And a book that triggered that was called Way of the Shaman by Michael Mm -hmm. Harner. And I believe he's the man that had probably the most to do with bringing shamanic work and shamanic realities and practices and um, adopting them for a contemporary society like ours. Now it's almost a household word, you know, shaman. Not mm-hmm. only, Although I find a lot of people go blink and don't know what that is, but uh, it's, it's sort of spread quite a bit mm-hmm. in terms of understanding what that is and misunderstood as well. But that's another story. The, um, so that's another one that, that really inspired me. So I'm going to back up because there's really been two cycles in my um, two eras when I was a published author. One era was uh, when I was a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I published four self-help books. And one I revised um, recently as a 30-year anniversary edition.
0: Mm -hmm. My
1: very first book, and God bless, I was so blessed in many ways. I had a dear friend of mine, a longtime brother, another one, who really coached me. You know, he was a, a successful author. He'd wrote, written a book called Conversationally Speaking, which is a really good book, mm. really simple to the point about communication skills, basically. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from reading that book. So we became friends, and uh, he would coach me. I gave him a sample of my writing, my journal writing, and he said, Yeah, I think you could do it, you know. Um, and through his research, he came up with this, what I think was a really seminal book on childhood trauma and how Mm. it affects you as an adult. Mm -hmm. The title I would do differently these days, but it was a real grabber at that time. Mm -hmm. It's called adult children, adult children of abusive parents. Mm. It followed a, a, a period when there was a lot of attention to ACAs or adult children of alcoholics. But what I discovered through research and writing this, and again, this is my psychotherapy days is, wow, there's something underneath that. It's not just the alcoholism in the family, it's the the trauma
0: mm-hmm. that
1: people are raised with in that post Now it's, you know, again, a household word about trauma, and thank God it is, you know, understanding trauma, and more importantly, how to heal it. So then I did, a uh, well, three, uh, four books altogether, including that one, and then I didn't write or publish for, I think, probably 10 to 12 years. And then this transition took place for me, as I made reference to, Uh, To shamanism and uh, there was very there were various influences that prompted me to go Okay, I'm ready to write. What do I write about? (laughs) Well, I write about the mission became writing um, Pulling let's say aspects of shamanic practice and reality and putting them out in a way that uh, You don't have to be a shaman. You don't have to be interested in shamanism benefit and the first book was actually my thesis also for my doctorate
0: oh yes
1: and the book was uh sacred ceremony and that's how to how to uh i would say bring forth ceremony in your life for various things it's a really good book you know all false humility aside you know it's it's uh it was well done you know it was very inspired um it opened up a door for me into this other uh this other genre, I would say, um, spirituality and shamanism. So mm-hmm. and then I went on to produce, um, gosh, I don't know. I think I, I'd have to stop and count, which I think is a weird thing. I think it's so weird. I see the books and it's maybe it's a surreal kind of feeling, I'm like, really? Yeah, I, I did, I just to remember <laughs> doing all that, you know, and how did it get there? And so I've been, I'm just very grateful. I feel very blessed. Uh, to have been able to offer that kind of material out into the world. And, you know, people seem to benefit from it and like it. So, you know, the books keep selling. And then another related genre, I don't know if it's a genre or not, but it's uh, those things called Oracle cards, which are kind of Mm. like a user-friendly tarot is the best way i describe it. Mm -hmm. You know, they are easier to use, I think, than tarot. You have to really study tarot for the most part.
0: Hello, you guys. It is me, your host, Alexandra Shelley, and I just wanted to fill you in on the upcoming event, which is taking place on September 22nd. Drumroll, please. Dr. Stephen Farmer's group leader seminar on September 2nd at 6 p.m. or 12 p.m. based on members. You guys get a vote on what time works best for you because, hey, of course, as I want to pick a time. I mean, come on, guys. This is really all for you and all about connecting you guys with leaders and each other. So what the heck is a group leader seminar for those who have just discovered dog Your Book Club? So each month, dog Your Book Club will highlight a leader. Now that leader will get their episode dropped with yours truly their full book list available to members and half book list available to non-members and they also have a group leader seminar which is a mediated conversation between myself and the leaders, and the members. So really, the heart and soul of Dog Gear Book Club comes together, where I connect you guys to books and thought leaders and avid readers alike. And I am so, so excited. I had one last month with the August leader and the very first leader of Dog Gear Book Club, Marina Paul, author and entrepreneur. And it was so, so amazing. Honestly, my face hurt from smiling so much. Everyone participated, and everyone... Seriously, had such a good time and I had such an amazing time and I really, really felt in my element and I just had such a beautiful vision for how far and how beautiful this will go for the dog ear community and just the reading community in general. I am so, so excited, you guys. So again, if you are not a member, please go to the website, dogyearbookclub.co, click on membership benefits and check them out and check me out, check my philosophy and why I created Dog Ear Book Club book club and check out the store stickers books and more and then if you are a member please 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 go into mighty networks and check out the poll that i will post on the times please vote as soon as you can so we can get this in the calendar and again i love you guys dearly and i cannot wait for what is to come for Dog Year Book Club. And please stay tuned for all the more episodes I'll be posting, bonus episodes, and also events that I am planning on and merch. So again, I love you guys so, so much. Please continue to follow along if you are not a member. And if you are a member, thank you so much for your support. I love Every single one of you that comes across Dog Eared Book Club and just shows support in any way possible. So, anyways, let's get back to the episode with Dr. Stephen Farmer.
1: And uh, that's been very successful, too. And I've got, uh, as I mentioned, I've got a couple of new Oracle card decks coming out November and then one, one in this year, November, and then one in May next year. And I have another book, which is um, a book of stories that other people have submitted about spirit animals and how they can serve as animal mm. spirit guides.
0: Mm. So
1: that's been the track, and um, it continues on. I ain't done yet. you know I''ve, got, I've already got two other ideas that, uh, that are like percolating, but I you know, you should see my desk. Maybe you shouldn't see my desk.. I feel everything's a lesser, a lesser priority when I'm writing, you know, it's just the way it is. And I've said to other people that I've mentored, you got to learn to say no a lot, you know, to, you know, to writing. It's just the way it is. You know, you get on a project, if you're going to get it, if you want to get it done, then you gotta, you gotta say, no, no, I'm not going to go out to the movies tonight. No, well, you know, no, 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 I don't mm-hmm. have to clean up my desk right now. You know, no, I, I play with my puppies and that's, that's my fun. <laughs> and I don't mean I'm like sitting here like a hermit or something like that, but uh, it's a, there's an intensity involved
0: mm-hmm. and
1: also a sense of purpose and a sense of mission.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think any writer that has the, I don't even want to, you know, I don't even want to say ambition, ambition is okay. I don't have a problem with it, you know, but it's never been an ambition for me. It's been more like a calling. Mm. You know what I mean? Like something's tapping me on the shoulder, you know, whispering in my ear, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing, you know, metaphorically.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And there's a part of me that, that there's an ambition too, but it's a very small part. You know, my ambition really, if I were to state it clearly would be, I want these to be of service. That's if there's anything, even an inkling of ambition, that's what it is. The ambition is that this be of service. And again, most authors don't make a living from their books. Mm-hmm. So it really has to be like, like you doing this. It's a passion project,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, something that you're called to do. Does that make sense? I would assume that anyway.
0: Yes. Yes. yeah well
1: you know I I gotta I can go off I you know I'm like I tell you you push a button man I'll start talking you know (laughs) so you pushed a couple buttons in a good way
0: no I love that no and I love that you said because that's just been a constant theme when um you know I've been trying to do dog ear it is I really put so much pressure on myself you know I'm not doing enough I'm not doing enough and then when I listen to some like amazing spiritual teachers or leaders that I really look up to on podcasts, they're like, you know, it's really of service. It's just of service. And it's just, I keep trying Good. to back everything I do with love, joy, and service. And Good. to not make this about the numbers or whatever, like just cause it will all come. So I yeah. love that you said that and you put it out into the world. And that's a message that dog-eared members can, can hear and listen to. So yeah. I love that.
1: There's a saying I picked up along the way for any kind of, especially any kind of project you do. And it's in sort of this broad genre of uh, spiritual teaching or whatever. And it's, if you get nervous, think about service. Because we can get anxious about, gosh, I hope this works, you know, and I hope a million people buy this book and all that. But, you know, maybe, maybe, Mm-hmm. And there are authors that make you know make their living off of the books. John Sanford, mm-hmm. Michael Conley. I'm sure they don't. Yeah. They don't have to do anything else. Just keep writing. You know, they've already mm-hmm. got millions of people as an audience. But it's more. It, it's more. There's got to be some fire or passion. And yeah, it's not always fun. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. I want to be. I want a painless, smooth entry into uh this writing project well i gotta tell you i get hypnotized you know and that's a good way to put it it i i fuss here and there you know do a little distractions here and there that's just the way sort of i lead into it when i'm writing and so hopefully some of the people who are listening to this can benefit from it but there's a point where i come i, I just hear this voice almost in my head say, that's enough you know, that's there's enough. your off I
0: button
1: get focused. <laughs> or I put a sign up at one point. I put a sign up that said focus or I pull one of these Oracle cards and it says focus, you know, or something. I go, oh, OK, yeah, focus. <laughs> and then there's like this shift in consciousness is the best way I would describe it, where I'm so completely absorbed. It, it, if somebody or the dog will bark like you heard earlier and I actually jump, it's almost out of my skin. I used to get really angry when you do that. I said you blew it. Now I don't get angry. I just go, come here. You know, like you heard me, come here. And I tell thank yeah. you. It's under control. You don't have to bark. So I'm trying a different approach. But it does, it It breaks my concentration and my focus. So I have to realign that, but I'm not that far from it. So I can get back to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put aside, I try to prioritize my list. You know, what's important here, but guess what's always at the top when I'm in the middle of a, and I love deadlines. Mm-hmm. You know why? <laughs> think of the name <laughs> you're dead. If you don't make it, you know, it's kind of, the, it's, it's, True. That. I'm beholden to someone else. I'm in agreement, you know, okay. August uh, 28th, it's a deadline. So even for this latest project, I actually X'd out like at different points a whole week, uh, not seeing clients, mm. you know, that was a bit of a sacrifice in a way, but not, you know, terribly difficult, but that's the saying, no. No, I'm not gonna see clients this week. No, I'm not gonna go, um, oh, I don't know. I'm not gonna take my dog to the beach, which I would love to do, but I you know, I I, I just say no. No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> and it gets done. Yes. So what else? Go ahead. No,
0: <laughs> so sorry. So what else besides I know you've shared some really valuable lessons from your author experience of saying no and commitment, but is there anything else that um, you've learned from your authorship experience that applies to your everyday life?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think what I was talking about, that's part of it, is the, the knowing, not just thinking I can, but knowing I can focus, knowing that I, I'm aware of when I'm using distractions you know, when those aren't that important, you know that one?
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? I do that to myself all the time. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, what are the distractions? Well, I better check Facebook.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, this
1: suddenly becomes urgent.
0: Like, how come? <laughs> <I> got, yeah.
1: let <laughs> <laughs> see what's going on in the world, you know, outside of here. Uh, I, I've got to, uh, oh, yeah, I've got to go wash my car. You know, like, it's not going to run if I don't wash it. You know, it's, it's just yeah. it's crazy stuff like that. That's one thing I've learned the second thing I think back to what we were talking about service, you know, is I really do know that my work is serving a purpose, maybe different for whoever comes across it or whatever. And I do get, I get referrals, you know, and clients and stuff from it too. So there is a give back or reciprocity in the work, but, uh, believe me, it's not the priority. You know, the priority is the service. Um, getting the word out so to speak like what um a theme that's come up a lot for me in the last several uh, last few years i would say is about ancestors and how we can connect with our ancestors and you talk to any medium and they go well of course you know that's what i do for work Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know grandma and grandpa they show up you know and um, i people come in pay me that's the exchange and Somebody shows up and it turns out his grandpa, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm not talking about mediumship. I'm talking about a more, um, uh, you can do on your own is to connect with your ancestors. So many people have had that experience. Mm -hmm. You know, when a deceased loved one that I would now call an ancestor also shows up in dreams or my brother who uh, smoked a lot, um, he used to show up in the way I'd tell he'd show up is I could smell cigarette smoke and nobody was smoking. Oh, Wally's here.
0: Mm. Or I'll,
1: I'll, this is kind of a silly one, but uh, I'm not a big gambler, but I'll go play blackjack, you know, that kind of thing. And I, he was a big gambler, <laughs> uh, kind of a fatal flaw, you know, in some ways, but he was a big gambler and a good one. You know, he, he could make a lot of money. So at the blackjack table, I say, OK, Wally, help me out here.
0: that's fabulous. And I would
1: get these phenomenal hands that you would ordinarily, you would either hit on, and I would say, no, I'll stay, and the dealer would buy, you know, just things like that, the dealer would break. So it's just kind of a fun example of that. But yeah, the ancestor things come up, and my latest book is about that. It's called Healing Ancestral Karma, Mm. and it's this you have to suspend disbelief, you know, which is, I think it's great to be skeptical, be skeptical about any of this stuff. But when you're, when you're sampling and experiencing it, put all your beliefs and disbeliefs aside, just see what happens. So that's always my invitation. Let's try something, see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, And then your own experience will indicate to you the validity or not of the particular experience that maybe I'm coaching or something like that. And the premise is to, is to, in an altered state, is to go back into, or go into the afterlife and work with an ancestor for healing. Um, that's, in a nutshell, that's what it is. But it's more than that. It's also, I'm being encouraged by the ancestors to sort of um, get more people tuned into that. Because it's very weird in our culture. We don't, we haven't really dealt with the answer- African uh, traditional African religions, um, they believe you can't talk to the creator directly. It's too big. Mm. So, they, so they go through the ancestors because <laughs> they're a little closer to God or source, creator, great spirit, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call that. And they're, so they're very, that's very embedded. And ancestors come in and they channel ancestors. I mean, it's just fascinating that we're just kind of getting on to. You know in mm-hmm. the larger Western culture, and yeah. I'm, I'm one small part of that you know with this book I mentioned and also the the cards that'll be coming out in November. I'm very excited to see what
0: yeah they, I'm excited they, too.
1: I want to see how they received you know
0: yes, absolutely, and I think it also the way the way you describe it is so perfect because it is to a lot of people yeah with like at least mediumship when people you know hear me talk about it they're like oh my god you're uh, like how they're all the way up there or whatever and it's like they're really always with us like they are literally right here yes you just have to that. suspend like out of the whatever you call it 3d or just reality and i mean you know it's just a feeling and it's just being open to that feeling yeah. So I love that. I'm so excited for you to share that with yeah. the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of that, that's what's opened up uh, to me. As I mentioned, he, I, I know that I'm a healer and I'm a teacher.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The rest is all details. The mission has changed, you know, modified mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm in a what I'd say a pretty good place. You know, I'm older now. I'm, I'm the tri- one of the tribal elders, you could say.
0: Mm. Uh, i've hopefully hopefully
1: gathered some wisdom along the way and and people pay me for it so uh, (laughs) the wisdom really not only comes from life experience but also the support of spirit you know in different ways Mm -hmm. you know it's both and it's not just oh you know i am very Mm -hmm. wise you know and it's not that you know it's like it's just it's not an arrogant thing it's just like yeah yeah yeah, i have you know (laughs) I got a lot of stories. Let's put it that way. I got a lot I of stories. I
0: love it. Oh my goodness. Um, I just thought of a couple questions. So I think I remember asking you this one. So it's like a two-parter. So one, if you could have an author write about your life, who would it be? Then this is kind of interesting. I feel like this could be fun. If there, Who would you want to write about your life in terms of like a spirit guide or an or an ancestor that you work with or do they i mean they could also obviously like channel through you but you know who would be a guy that you're like oh that'd be cool to have them write a story about me
1: i uh, you know I, it's weird what comes to mind immediately is ernest hemingway uh,
0: <laughs> That's
1: awesome. I, I, I have had a it's not lately but i've had a couple of times when i, I could really sense that he was assisting me i, I can't explain mm. it any better it just was a sense that he was assisting me
0: mm. so
1: maybe that's why his name comes to mind um i like um now his name is oh my god uh, malcolm gladwell
0: mm. uh,
1: those are some of my favorite nonfiction books i think he's an exceptional writer and he goes into these arenas Mm. You know, where they're they're really, really fascinating. So I think I would ask a living person, I would have Malcolm Gladwell Mm. write my story. You know, if I've got Mm -hmm. a story enough to write, I don't know. But that's who I would choose. Mm. As far as someone who's in the spirit world, um, an ancestor of some sort, I mean, Hemingway comes to mind in part, I think uh, his style of writing was number one, it was just really to the point. You know, there wasn't a lot of fluff around it. And um, I'm remembering Old Man in the Sea, and, and it mm-hmm. was, wow, what an interesting way to write. Mm-hmm. But also something I heard, whether true or not, I don't know. These days it's hard to know what's true and what's not, you know, what's factual and what's not. But when, something I read about him or heard from someone is that Hemingway, oh, I know, one of my clients told me this, Hemingway would go through and edit, like, his book several times and clean him up, you know, simplify him. Okay, in the boat now, (laughs) headed out to sea, you know, just that sort of choppy, like straightforward kind of writing. I I like that too. I don't write that way, but I like it. Mm -hmm. So, um, oh, I get a little emotional when I think this, but although I don't think he was a writer, but my uh, grandpa, On my father's side, my grandfather, Grandpa Mac, partly because he, I knew I, amongst all the kids, I was his favorite. I just knew it,
0: Mm.
1: you know, and I felt like I was very special to him. And of course he was very special Mm. to me. So he shows up every so often. Um, I would ask him to write, you know, that would be a ancestor that I would love to have him write the story he's got a whole backdrop you know the backdrop of lineage too mm-hmm. and other stories about my dad and my family and all that stuff that would mm. be sprinkled in good question <laughs> Bibi. that's a good one.
0: Oh, thank you i i love interviewing people and i didn't realize it until i honestly started this so i'm so happy you enjoy my questions so this has been a fun one i've also been interviewing um Another series of dog-eared is I connect with these amazing book accounts and I interview these women who have like these really big followings and like they're the ultimate book nerds. And something that is so funny that uh, we talked about is books that just break our heart or like make us fall in love. Um, So has there been a book that's done that to you that has just broken your heart (laughs) or has made you want to fall in love again?
1: I don't read too many, uh, you know, I don't think you're talking specifically about this, but romantic novels, I just, I've never been Mm-mm. drawn to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I gotta say, to circle back to the beginning of what we talked about, the th- rise and fall of the Third Reich broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could feel that as I say that, like a body memory. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even remember, I couldn't tell you all the stuff I was in there, I could tell you certain things. But that broke my heart and it was uh, sort of an initiation if you will Mm. not shamanic but an an initiation into seeing the world in a different way sort of like a filter that dropped over my eyes and my senses that Mm -hmm. wow again i'm repeating myself but people can really be cruel beyond cruel Mm -hmm. so i i think that that's what comes to mind Um, I'd have to think about, you know, if there's something more contemporary and I don't have an immediate, nothing really jumps out at me right now, uh, that um, in response to your question. (gasps) Shit. I think, you know, I guess my, what?
0: No, sorry. Oh my God. My computer does this thing where it like, it goes on like a downtime. (laughs) and It's about to go on downtime. I'm like, no. So I thought it was going to stop recording. But oh we're we're, okay. well, we're
1: almost—you know—we're almost done anyway. Mm-hmm. So good, it didn't stop. Okay, and you can edit that out. The <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: thank God. that naughty word oh, that you
1: used. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's a really great question. I and if I had like three or four minutes to think about it, you know, I'm sure I'd come up with something that broke my heart. That's a really good question. Mm. Um, but that was the first one that comes to mind. Is what I referred to earlier it changed me somehow. Mm. I think I I have a pretty, um, a side of me that's very cynical. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't let it dominate, but it's there. You know, I think everybody, we got to get acquainted with our shadows. And that's one of my shadows I know is there. And they say, there's a saying says that um, cynics probably have a more accurate view of the world, but optimists (laughs) are much happier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's true. And I got a little of both, you know. (laughs) Um, I do have a a lot of hope for this this world I have a lot of hope for the animals that we can somehow stop treating you know the mistreating animals you know Mm -hmm. the way that's been done far too much and I have a a hope I would call it yeah for humans too Mm. you know we're in a major revision right now (sighs) major revision we see it in the planet who knows where it's all going to go but often breakdown precedes breakthrough but when we're in that breakdown it's like holy (laughs) (laughs) what the w2f you know is going on Mm -hmm. and what is going on is that we are moving into an extinction era Uh, there's a lot of evidence for this that's not a big you know it's no revelation or anything like that but also as i commented to you before we started um tape recording this um, there's a lot of fear and paranoia. i would, I even gone to the say there's a lot of paranoia and fear that's just kind of trickling through the collective. On the other hand, uh, this fella, I was just listening to a, a short video, this guy was talking about a story where he and his dad back in the 60s, you know, before cell phones, they broke down, their car broke down, and this fella came along, towed him in, what can I pay you? His dad said, or how, what can I, I don't, don't worry about it. You know? And then the next, uh, he went and opened the gas station so he could get gas. Uh, he called his mechanic, you know, in the small town, the mechanic came, took the car away to fix it, went and fixed it. And then the father kept saying, well, what can I do for you? You know, in exchange, And he goes, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then the guy said something like, um, To the father, like, well, you know, wait, they're getting ready to leave, the son and the father. And the guy goes, oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. And the father's thinking, ah, here comes, you know, the bill. And instead, the guy said, oh, I I just wanted to tell you, I'd love to have you and your son join us for our Sunday dinner. So if you'd like to do that, why don't you come on with me? And Mm -hmm. the way the guy that I was listening to told the story, he was the son at that time. Just like uh, his conclusion was, basically, there is hope for humanity. Just keep that in mind. You know, that's the one that kind of soothes my cynic and says, yeah, calm down. It's okay. Mm. Like my dog, you know, calm down. It's all right. Everything's fine. Yeah,
0: Scout. Shh.
1: <laughs> yeah, scout. Anyway, I don't know. I hope that makes sense. But it, it was a very inspiring story. And it's a good one to remember is that, yeah, we can help each other out. You know, we can bring love and compassion to this world. You know, even if things are crumbling here and there, that's Mm -hmm. really what it is. I've been saying lately, there's no such thing as the past. It's all memory.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) We have recorded history. I understand that. But personally, it's all memory. And the future is all imagination. It doesn't Mm -hmm. exist. This is it right here. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Oh, and here, and here, and here. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: the more present... Boy, I'm on a soapbox, aren't I? I love it. Well, the more present I can be, the more present I am in any situation, you know, it's like, just live your life, you know, just do what you came here to be. Do what you came here to do and be what you came here to be. You know, that puts everything else sort of aside. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's a different different way to think about it. Anyway, thank you, (laughs) Bibi. I love being your guest here, and uh, I really admire your work. And I, awesome. I certainly you support so you continue to do what you're doing here.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. Well, just I love ending uh, the interviews with these couple questions. So if you could gift a book to someone, who would it be to, and what would it be, and why?
1: I think, partly because it's current, uh, the book I showed you at the beginning, The Creative Cure, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because I think um, that creativity is often underrated. My nine-year-old, now nine-year-old, just had his birthday, showed me, along with his dad and his mom, I think his dad especially helped out create this video. He had these sketches, and, you know it told a whole story and I went, Oh my God, this kid, that's my grandson. <laughs> you know, he really, it was just, and I told uh, my daughter, I said, you know, anytime he or my other daughter, i got two daughters, uh, her children want to engage in some creative pursuit or class or something. Let me know, man, I'll write the check. You know, not that they could do it also, but there's something that allows me to give that to the children that are, I'm most closely associated with. Mm -hmm. so I think the creative cure I would give to my daughters you know each Mm -hmm. of them and to their husbands well one's married and one's probably going to be married his her partner Mm -hmm. that 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 really encourages that that thing I mentioned about doing nothing you know and just like Buddha said you know don't just do something sit there Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's what it takes to allow that creative juice that's in the darkness to be able to come forth into the light to emerge in some Mm -hmm. expression Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know blessed are the weird i think jacob said it well blessed are the weird the misfits etc anybody who's listening to this look that one up it's a little more extensive than that but it's it's really well stated and he's got a whole book about that you know the the -hmm. the artists of the world and um i would dare you bb to start thinking in that way, I am an artist. Try that one on gang, whoever's listening to this. I am an artist. Just try it. Let it flow out of your mouth. I know I was doing this with a client and she went, I, I, I can't say it.
0: <laughs> oh my god <goodness. laughs> oh, You can
1: do it. You know, you can do it. And so she finally said it and then she kept repeating it. And I, that was her assignment is to keep doing that. Keep reminding, I am an artist. I am an artist. Mm-hmm. Some work with words, you and me. You know, mm-hmm. I work with words that's primary. I love music, I write songs too, but they're lyrical. you know, mm-hmm. I like the lyrics anyway, mm-hmm. I'll shut up so i I trust that's a oh, shut uh, up.
0: oh my God, you are fine
1: well i oh, you goodness. know i I tend to go off you know i like I said, just push a button.
0: oh, you know. you're good, no, but what 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 comes out of you is wisdom, so well thank you. All good things. Uh and then one final question. I know you've kind of gone over it, but I do I do love ending uh interviews with this. So why do you read?
1: To be inspired. Mm-hmm. And that's a broad range. You know, that could be all the way from detective novels to um I don't know, looking up verses in the Bible, you know, just something that inspires or rereading, you know, certain books. Um, Paulo Coen, The Alchemist,
0: Mm. one
1: of my all-time favorites. You know, I've read it three times, you know, at Mm. different periods of my life, and it's always inspirational, always Mm. inspiration. It's kind Mm. of a Wizard of Oz sort of theme, you know, but... Mm -hmm. Told by a very exceptional writer, Paolo, Paolo Cohen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm drifting a bit because I'm remembering The Alchemist. What a good story that is. Oh, um, my
0: goodness. writer.
1: Mm-hmm. So to be inspired, you know, mm-hmm. and some books like that one are particularly inspirational, or that's part of their mission, I think, and part of their purpose. And other books, like detective novels, they're inspiring me as a writer, you know, like, wow, love the way he said that or wrote that sentence. Or how there was that little twist, you know, mm-hmm. in the plot, things like that. I think we, we've, to some extent, perhaps lost that the art of reading, you know, with phones, <laughs> televisions, computers, um, even audible, you know, where you can listen to the books. I mean, that's a great, don't, I don't want to knock audible. Cause I do have books on my, um, you know, on my phone that way
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm taking a trip to Vegas, you know, and I'm going to definitely get a book to listen to on the way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's just the way it is. It's modern, modern era, but mm-hmm. to be inspired, you know, to, to learn certainly, but I'd say that's number two. I can learn something, whether I can learn as a writer myself, or I learn something new from Reading Malcolm Gladwell's books,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so that's why those two reasons. But inspiration first.
0: Fantastic! Oh hi! <laughs> I that we got to. I know we got to end it with Tommy. Okay. Well. <laughs>
1: well, thank you, Bebe. I appreciate it. Oh my it.
0: gosh! Yes, Stephen. Thank you so much. And yeah, this was this was wonderful. You, disputed wisdom so i'm really okay, i feel like thanks. spewed is not the right word spooled spooled wisdom well,
1: uh, I, I know what you meant i know what you yeah. mean you.
0: Yeah. and i'm so excited to introduce you to the dog year community and yes we'll have to get together soon too so
1: sounds good all right thanks yeah, steven. god bless
0: Aw, thank you so much steven Oh my goodness, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dr. Stephen Farmer and I. He is just such a gem and such a strong... And grounded spiritual leader that we all need in this lifetime. Now, again, please look out for his full book list, which will be introduced and available on Mighty Networks and non members. You do get access to some of the books as well. And also, please stay on the lookout, members, for the group leader seminar times. Now, I could not resist myself. I had to end this episode with Dr. Stephen Farmer's song. He is also a musician. I think I mentioned that, but absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely amazing. Again, I love you guys so, so much. And please, please, please enjoy. Goddess of the mountain
1: You come to me in my dreams. down the heat of your love makes me bleed.